the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. 653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Doing more good for the country in two hours than President Obama did his entire occupation of the Oval Office. It's the Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm glad you've tuned in, everybody, one and all. Telephone number is 888-933-93, 888 we even get started on all the other stuff, are you freaked out? Do you think we're going to war? Do you think that, that, that Trump calling in every senator, both parties, into the White House, it wasn't Trump that actually, it's Mitch McConnell who did it, but are you, are you concerned we may be going to war. I want to hear from you if you are. If you're not, well, just sit and listen to the program. Again, the telephone number you want to call in is 888-900-3393. Catching this show live is easy to do. You can go to theblaze.com slash radio. You can go to not one, but two smartphone apps, the Blaze Radio smartphone app or the iHeartRadio app. I recommend the revamped Blaze Radio smartphone app. It is just, it is stunning. It works really well. And um, there's a whole backstory to that. Maybe one day I'll tell it to you guys on the air because I, I learned some stuff yesterday about the history of the Blaze Radio smartphone app and what it took to get that puppy going. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, those are on-demand listening venues for you. So say you can't listen to the Salcedo Show, you can't listen to Doc, you can't listen to Opelka Live. Well, that's, a, that's all right. You take us with you um, on your schedule via SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher and binge listening at your leisure. Uh, uh, you can check out social media for the Salcedo Show as well. Go to Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. That's The Chris Salcedo Show. Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX. And on theblaze.com, you can go to the channels section. And on the channel section, make sure you find uh, my mug. It will be the one that you go, oh, golly. Oh, the Salcedo, Cal follow. I guess he sounds decent on the radio, but <laughs> anyway. Click on that and um, and... Follow our submissions. And again, a hat tip to the, uh, what did we have, three submissions yesterday, Ellie? We had three submissions uh, from the show that was up at theblaze.com. So all the all the folks at, uh, at as we call them here, shorthand.com, at theblaze.com, they're doing extra great work for us, and we really appreciate it. And um, 
yeah, and Ellie's over there nodding. Yes, yes, we do. We appreciate that. You can, uh, yes, you know, it's we appreciate it a lot. Yeah, see, they they can't see you nodding. And <laughs> very nice. Okay, so we'll we'll get to national security concerns because this meeting that's meeting that's coming up tomorrow between Trump and the Senate inside of the White House gives me an opening to talk about things I haven't been able to talk about over the last couple of weeks because there's been so much of the stuff to talk about. So we will get into that today. Uh, national security concerns. Also coming up in the program, uh, Rush Limbaugh's brother, David Limbaugh, who has been a, a guest on this program, and he's written another fantastic book. You know we don't shy away from talking about God and, and faith on this program. Never have. And we're not going to start today, especially, you know, and there's there's a couple of reasons why we don't shy away. A, in America, you shouldn't have to shy away or apologize. I came and was from the People's Republic of California. That's where I was born and raised. And I remember in 2006 when I left California and came to Texas, one of the things that I remember the most was that out in Texas, they openly talked about God on on the air. And that was something you, you weren't used to in California. They had so beaten back the mention of the Almighty in the public sphere that they made sure that, um, well, that uh, there was no uh, mention of it and it was demonized. You only, you only said it behind the church doors, that kind of thing. And it was, a, it was an eye-opener for me because I just, I just assumed, because I lived in the People's Republic of California, that everybody was like that. The whole country. Nobody was talking about faith or religion. And from that point on, I made I made a point that I wasn't going to shy away from it, neither my own convictions or faith, or listening to you or discussions of of faith. So David Limbaugh will be on to talk about his his powerful book that deals with the gospels, an evaluation of the gospels and and Christ. And for those of you who are Christians, even those of you who are atheists or doubters. I think this book has a message for you as well. Uh, I'm going to start off today talking about what we've learned over the last uh, 12, 16 hours. Now, this was last night, Fox News Channel, coming on the air. It was Brett Baer, and here was his evaluation about the, on the horizon, this looming battle over funding the government from now until the end of fiscal year, which is the end of September. Tonight, Democrats are essentially threatening to shut down the government over President Trump's call for seed money for his border wall with Mexico. The president campaigned, of course, on a promise that Mexico would pay for the structure. Now, Democrats are accusing President Trump of hurting poor Americans by having American taxpayers foot the bill. It appears to be the crucial issue as we head toward the possibility of a government shutdown at the funding deadline at the end of this week. Well, not so much. It turns out that uh, the president tweeted out today and, and signaled today that he is trusting congressional Republicans that border funding, border wall funding, I should say, will get into when they get into actual budgeting for 1718. That we're just finishing up Barack Obama's irresponsibility. I mean, the guy left all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of things for his his successor to clean up. Uh, all things on the international stage, a lot of things with Obamacare here domestically, and of course the budget. So they were only able to fund government uh, until this Saturday, and so we need to finish out 
Obama's obligation, which he couldn't even do that. And then we will allegedly get on to to funding the government, hope, God willing, through a budget, an actual budget. I mean, can you imagine what that would look like? We haven't done that in a while here in the United States. And that Donald Trump will get the funding for his wall and the country's wall then. And then there will be, uh, again, also hope springs eternal here, that we will get mechanisms that, that show the American people this is how Mexico is going to be made to pay for it, whether it be through taxing remittances through our banking system that go back into Mexico, whether it be uh, withholding government aid until their wall debt is paid. Either way, they'll, they will pay. So notice where I started out this conversation by talking about how Donald Trump is trusting Republicans, that they will get this done. Can we trust Republicans? We know we can't trust Democrats. Democrats, if they open their mouths, they're lying. I mean, that's, we've seen that demonstrated the last eight years with their, their leader, Barack Obama, and that trend continues. So it's, it's never in doubt that if a Democrat is talking, they're lying. Republicans, it's a crapshoot. So now we have to trust that Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and the Republicans will keep true to their word to Donald Trump and to the American people that in, in the coming budget, they will address border funding for the wall and make sure that the wall is funded so it can get built in the areas that it's needed and that the border will be secure. Problem is, we've been down this road before with Republicans, haven't we? And I'm going to explain that in greater detail after I play this from ABC News, the back and forth between Democrats who are insisting that, well, they're insisting that Donald Trump abandon his promise to the American people or else they're going to shut down the government. What's your message to Democrats who say that any attempt to include funding for the wall is a complete non-starter for them? There's some things that they want, and that's kind of horse trading. So if you, if you dig a, draw a line in the sand, the people who usually do that wind up getting more blamed than others who don't. Well, see, that that's the predicate laid by the, the basket of uh, bias, Brian Williams Press. If Democrats shut down the government, Republicans get the blame. If Republicans shut down the, the government, Republicans get the blame. See how that works? Now, that was Lindsey Graham saying, well, you know what, you start drawing all these lines in the sand, and, well, the Democrats are only made to pay for it if you actually take a stand, Lindsey Graham, and I don't see any Republicans willing to take a stand on anything. And in this case, not even the president of the United States is all too wedded to this idea of making sure that there is funding in this continuing resolution slash omnibus, whatever the hell they're going to call it. It's not budgeting. Whatever it is, it's not budgeting. So what about the Democrats? But the Democrats' message to the president, back off. If the president wouldn't throw this monkey wrench called the border wall into it, we'd come to an agreement by Friday and the government would be funded. That's Chuck Schumer, the Democrat majority leader in the Senate. And here's what he's saying. If, if Donald Trump just wouldn't insist on keeping his promises to the American people, we could get this whole thing done. So why, why doesn't Donald Trump just abandon this promise he made to the American people, so then all of his people will flee from him and he'll be a one-term president. And then we can get budget done because really the important thing is that government stays open and that government employees continue to get paid so they can use their, their union 
dues that they pay to the government unions to fund Democrat campaigns. That's really the important thing, isn't it, folks? So there's that. So now, here's where I, I question not only the Republican Party, but I question those who are surrounding Donald Trump. There is already a law that has been signed into place. It's called the 2006 Secure Offense Act. It was passed by both houses of Congress and signed in to law by a legitimate president, President George W. Bush. Now, remember when Ted Cruz said he wanted to fund all of government except for Obamacare that was hurting the American people? And then he took a stand and the Democrats said, see, Republicans, Ted Cruz shut the government down. See, they shut the government down. Why doesn't Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump, the president of the United States, demand that the Democrats fully fund government? And that includes the Secure Fence Act of 2006. Why? Then if Democrats say, well, we want to fund all of government except the 2006 Fence Act. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's every bit a legitimate law that Obamacare was, right? Passed by both houses of Congress, signed into law by a president. Then it would be the Democrats shutting the government down, wouldn't it? Then Donald Trump could use that money set aside for the Secure Fence Act and divert it to starting projects on the wall. Why won't Republicans do this? I think it's a fair question. Why can't we get any answers? Back in a minute, the Salcedo Show, The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Chris Salcedo. Welcome back, folks. I want to uh, introduce you to a, a story that we've been confronting on the, on the shows in Texas and in Dallas and in Houston. And the reason why I can is because it's making national news, and it affects all of you. Uh, Fox News Channel picked up on this, uh, this woman by the name of Representative Victoria Nieve. Now, did I talk about this at all yesterday, Ellie? I don't think I did. Uh, it was it was mostly a Texas thing, and we talked about it on the uh, the earlier version of the Salcedo Show and the latter version of the Salcedo Show. But here's what this woman is doing. This woman's on a hunger strike. You guys probably saw this on um, on Fox News. She's 
she's not eating any food until Wednesday, which is when the Texas legislature will vote on a sanctuary cities bill. And the sanctuary cities bill will basically pave the way for people like her in official positions who actively thwart federal immigration law, punish them, remove them from office and throw their butts in jail. Now, what am I talking? What kind of actions am I talking about? Well, like like that rogue judge out on the on the left coast in Oregon who uh, uh, helped an illegal alien escape deportation from ICE by letting him go out of the courtroom that she was overseeing out a, a door that ICE wasn't covering. He was a he was a drunk driver. So this judge putting foreigners first rather than American citizen safety lets him go out of a sight. And thank, thank God he didn't go out there and get drunk and kill somebody else before ICE finally caught up with him and deported his rear end. But it's bad enough that our government allows illegal aliens into this country against the will of the American people. It's even worse when leftists and Democrats seek to protect them at the expense of the safety of the constituents they are elected to actually protect. So you've got this woman, Victoria Nieve, who calls up the Democrat Morning News. That's my pet name for what used to be called the Dallas Morning News. But since they, they endorsed Hillary Clinton, they've become the Democrat Morning News. Her, th- this woman's office calls up the Democrat Morning News to make sure they go out and they cover her receiving communion. She's a Catholic on Sunday. And the story is this wafer, her communion, is the last bit of sustenance she will get before Wednesday. That's when this bill in the Texas House is supposed to be voted on, right? So I have a couple of problems with this leftist. Number one, I have a problem with her advocacy. She's advocating, she's standing up for illegal aliens at the expense of the will of the American people and the people of Texas, which is what Democrats do. Don't get me wrong. I understand that the Democrat Party is the foreigner's first party. They're the anti-rule of law party. This is what they do. But I still oppose them. I'm, I'm not going to, I don't accept that. I think that they're, they're bad for the United States, these Democrats, these extremist libs. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that, that that is probably the least shocking me personally. What really got my goat was the utilizing of the Catholic faith to advance her uh, propping up illegal activity. She, she utilized... And I guess you guys have to, you guys would have to be Catholic. See, I'm I'm a practicing devout Catholic. And for those of you who are not Catholic, you're just gonna trust me on this. That receiving what they we call the Eucharist, what we call the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, that's the it is a big deal. And this woman, Victoria Nieve, bastardized the whole thing. By inviting the press. See, the only time the press ever wants to show up is when they can utilize and show up to a church event and and prop up whatever the church is doing when they can use it to promote lawlessness. Which is what 
Victoria Nieve is doing. She, she is utilizing the church as a backdrop so she can stand up and say, hey, we elected leaders, we Democrats shouldn't be punished for violating federal law. And God, and, and, and the, the backdrop is, oh, God is with me. They're saying prayers that this bill fails, that law and order fails. Well, since her story has aired on um, national television, a lot of you folks have taken to Twitter to go after her, this Pharisee. And you guys have to look up in your Bible what a Pharisee is. Uh, One guy, J.M. Williams writing, yeah, and Sheila Jackson Lee participated in a sit-in on the House floor, and that lasted until supper time. (laughs) Another guy wrote, "Uh, I have a major announcement to make. I've decided to go on a hunger strike until all liberals become at least moderate. Besides, I need to lose 140 pounds. <laughs> and lastly, from this this girl named Tessie, uh, let her smell a Krispy Kreme donut while the light is on. Her hunger strike will end right there. You know, she, she's become a laughing stock. She's made Democrats in Texas a laughing stock. Talk a little bit more about this with my next guest. David Limbaugh is up next on the Chris Salcedo Show. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show. And welcome back. Let's get to our guest today. David Limbaugh is a lawyer, nationally syndicated columnist, political commentator, and the author of seven, count them, New York Times bestsellers in his latest book, The True Jesus, Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels, just made the New York Times bestsellers list. Mr. Limbaugh, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, first off, uh, b- before I, I focus on what your your work means to those people who are of faith. I wanted you to describe what, what your thoughts were on the impact a book like yours will make on on the, the Christian skeptic or maybe the atheist. Well, my hope is that it will have some impact on some people. My other two Christian-themed books, based on my feedback, did uh, affect some people. I mean, I'm not taking credit for it, but... Nevertheless, it was very encouraging when you get feedback from people saying that I, I, they could relate to my book in ways they couldn't relate to things they'd heard before. And I think part of my advantage there is that I come from a background of skepticism, so I kind of understand what makes skeptics tick. Yeah, and you address in this book, which I thought was, is not very focused on much by, by theologians and is not part of our normal everyday parlance when we're talking about uh, about the Bible, you you focused on a time between the Old and New Testaments, and it's it's you know what I I don't have very much knowledge about what happened in that time period either. Why did you choose to go there? Well, this book is an introduction to the Gospels, and uh, I wanted to give go deeply into the Gospels, which I do in the last two thirds of the book, the bulk of the book, chapters five through twelve, but in the first four chapters of part one, I wanted to introduce the readers to the background of the Old Testament period, the world that Jesus was entering when he 
uh, came into human history. And to do that, you need to understand the, the years, the turbulent years preceding, uh, the, uh, following the end of the New Testament, about 400 B.C., the writing of the New Testament, and when, the, when Christ came around 3 A.D., because the Jewish ex Messianic expectations were affected by their interrelationship with God and the foreign powers that were dominating them. So I try to trace all that and then go into all the factors that coalesced to make the gospel uh, ripe for transmission during that period of time. David Limbaugh, our guest right now, folks, he's the author of the brand new book, The True Jesus, Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels. Uh, it just hit uh, the New York Times bestsellers list. So let's, the Gospels, I, I've heard some folks who are, again, back to, back to our friends, the skeptics or the atheists, who see these Gospels as somewhat contradictory. They seem to focus on, on, on the same events but they have different takes on those events, and that's evidence for some that they're, they're not telling, uh, the, the, they're just stories, and they, they don't have their facts straight. You took a different message from the different angles in which the, the Gospels were told. Yes. Now, in my book, I consolidate the four Gospels into one combined narrative for the purpose of introducing the reader to every event that occurred in the Gospels, all the sayings of Jesus, mostly verbatim, sometime paraphrased, uh, in order to save space. But, though I combine the Gospels for purposes of, of communicating information, there is no substitute for reading the four Gospels themselves and, and their different perspectives. I intend for them, this book, to launch people into a, 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 an attitude of reading the Gospels for themselves. We have four different perspectives, as Church Father Irenaeus said, as we have four directions of the wind. God intended there to be four different perspectives, they are not contradictory. Sometimes they emphasize different things. Matthew emphasizes Jesus' Jesus's kingship. Mark, that he was a suffering servant. Luke, his, his humanity. Jesus is fully human and fully God. And John, his deity. And, and so sometimes you'll see things that might strike you as inconsistent, such as one gospel writer writes about one angel in the tomb, in the empty tomb, speaking, and another one mentions two angels. Well, it's not inconsistent. It's just that one witness didn't record, didn't uh, state that there were two, didn't state there weren't two. And so it's like witnesses in a courtroom. If their stories are too pat, you might think they colluded and conspired to create a perfect story, and you wouldn't believe them. So these separate accounts, I think, add to their authenticity and integrity rather than detract from them. Uh, David Limbaugh, our guest right now, folks, and his, his brand-new offering, The True Jesus, Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels. Uh, you mentioned... You mentioned the expectation the Jews had of who Jesus would be, and because of, in the context of the oppressors of their day, they, they were expecting a warrior. Later, uh, after, after Christ had, had done, done what he did, died for our sins, and, and, and Catholicism and then the branches of Christianity developed, there was an effort that you outlined that, that tried to revamp history in the 18th century and it was courtesy of our friend uh, friends in in liberal uh, liberal scholars they began to construct alternative versions of Jesus's life and i i would suspect to fit the political narrative of that day describe that yeah and and also because they they have the hearts of skeptics and skeptics want to tear things down it's harder to believe their versions than it is to believe the truth it is harder to be an atheist than it is to be a christian 
the, the, uh, there's overwhelming evidence that the New Testament documents are reliable. We have more copies uh, and uh, of ancient, I mean, copies of these documents, 5,800 copies around the time the events were written and, and after, uh, compared to any other ancient document. We have a, a, we strong bases upon which to rely on the gospel writers. They died for what they believed in. They died only after uh, and, and went to their martyrdom only after seeing Christ res, uh, be resurrected in his bodily form. They weren't believers. They were still doubters when they saw the empty tomb, and it wasn't until he came back. But these the Gnostics and the Docetists who uh, emerged around the second century doubted his divinity because they saw the world as dualistic. Material world was all evil. Spiritual world was good. Christ could not have been fully human. Therefore, he couldn't have been crucified. That is a terrible heresy. And it was dismissed early on by the church, despite what the Da Vinci Code uh, Brown talks about. <laughs> there, there were no competing versions of the Gospels in the first century. The creedal formulas were adopted large and accepted by the church before they were even written down in the New Testament form. And I have a list on page 40 or 44 in my book that lists a, a several of these. Of, oh, well, actually 40 of these things that I got from Lee Strobel and Gary Habermas. Uh, all these creedal formulas the Christians accepted, and the essentials of the gospel were firmly in place and believed by all Christians, and that was what was promoted in the churches, his death, his resurrection, his deity, his full humanity, and, and the empty tomb and all that. It was not even in dispute, and yet these people go back and try to rewrite history, and it's happened throughout history, as you mentioned, in the 18th century, and it's happening again with the new atheist movement. They shake their fist at a God they claim not to believe in. Why do they care so much if there's no God? They can pretend they care because Christians cause trouble. In fact, Christians don't cause trouble. Christians are a force for good throughout the world. We're not the ones killing people. We're the ones who are bringing peace, and we're the ones who are standing for freedom and liberty and protecting people throughout the world. Yeah, we have a, an example of a, an elected leader in the state of Texas who who, who used ca the Catholicism, her Catholic mass, as a backdrop to justify illegal immigration. And in my mind, it's what, what you call in the book uh, a, a, a rewrite, the fictitious lives of Jesus that might fall into that category. Yeah. David Limbaugh, everybody, lawyer, nationally syndicated columnist, political commentator, and the author of this new book. Pick it up. It's powerful. The True Jesus, Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the gospel sir always a pleasure visiting with you here on the salcedo show you too thank you so much for having me on it's an honor you do a great job thank you sir Th take care thank you we appreciate it triple eight nine hundred thirty that's the phone number here you want to weigh in on what you just heard mr limbaugh talk about or you want to weigh in on what donald trump is signaling about the border wall uh are you buying this do you do you buy what's going on up on Capitol Hill, do we believe Paul Ryan? Do we believe Mitch McConnell? That Oh, yes, we'll get to border wall funding in the 1718 budget plan. Or have we been down this road before? And then if Congress was serious under the Republicans' control, why will they not insist that, law, that the government be fully funded, including the 2006 Secure Fence Act? One might suspect they don't want to secure that border after all, folks. Telephone numbers, 888-900-3393. I'll be right back. Dial in, let it out. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> I'm sorry. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to do the flip around. Don't worry. That's coming up top of next hour. I uh, was looking, <laughs> looking on the Blaze page, blaze.com, and uh, Glenn and the guys did uh, a piece today. Uh, apparently, Bill Nye, the fake science guy, has... Uh, I didn't even know he had a show, to be honest. And uh, I, I guess, you know, you're big enough fake, you get you get a show. I mean, which means Obama's uh, due for one any day now. Uh, anyway, Bill Nye has this... Um, has this skit, I suppose. Well, I haven't listened to it all the way through, but I just, I found the, uh, my sex junk is what it's called. Um, and part, I guess part of the lyrics is my vagina has a voice. <laughs> all of which are candidates for my new band name. Um, uh, my sex junk. That's a pretty good, well, you're writing that down. Yeah. She, are you writing that down? Good. All right. Ellie's writing that down. And then also, you know, my, my vagina has a voice. And then, <laughs> so if a vagina has a voice, what, is it, what does the male anatomy have? I'm just asking. <laughs> this is, and, and this guy wants to be taken seriously. He, well, I guess what the whole push is, is, is to try to say that transgenderism is, is science. So leave it up to Bill Nye, a guy who thinks that uh, man-made global warming is settled science. Leave it up to him to say, "Oh yeah, this whole this whole transgender thing is um, settled science." Okay. Uh, before we uh, move on to uh, back to uh, I think a more pressing question, did we mention this yesterday about Eman- uh, Emmanuel Macron? The guy who will be the next French, the next French leader, it is said, according to the polls. Although, I in this era, I would not write off uh, what's going on with Marine Le Pen and how fed up Europe is with this these open border kooks over there, these left wing nutcases. Anyway, this guy. Macron, Macron, Emmanuel Macron, he, uh, he hooked up with his, with his drama teacher when he was a teenager. And they were having, well, according to a lot of the English tabloids, a rather sordid sexual affair. And uh, it, was, it was so uh, satisfactory, I suppose, that he ended up marrying her. She's 24 years his senior. And she, this woman um, can, could conceivably be a woman who was having an inappropriate sexual relationship with somebody that she was teaching could be the next first lady of France. <laughs> now look, I, you, you look at the left-wing publications over there. And they're saying, can we please stop focusing on this, this woman and her inappropriate relationship with this guy? We have fascists to stop, say the left-wingers. 
That's that's what they that's what they call Marine Le Pen as a fascist, because she believes in national identity and not having mass immigration without assimilation. But uh, can we stop focusing in on this child molester <laughs> who will be the next first lady of France? Because we have fascists to stop sexual molestation of of. I mean, he, he may have been 18 for all I know. He could have been 18. It could have been completely legal. Um, it, it just say, we, we, left-wingers will tolerate inappropriate relationships between teachers and children so they can battle who they label as fascists. <laughs> Shows you their, uh, their priorities. Ladies and gentlemen, they can, they can talk themselves into anything, can't they, to advance liberalism? Okay, uh, so back to this, the central question we've posed this hour, and I'll leave you on this to noodle on the top of the hour news here. Do we trust the Republicans? Or are we starting to see the, the retreat? Are we starting to see, well, you know, it was good to, to, to talk about the wall, but it's not going to get funded and it's not going to get up because you know what? The rich people don't want it. Uh, the rich people in the Democrat Party don't want it because they need a new voting base. And the rich people in the Republican Party who are bought off by the Chamber of Commerce, they don't want it to hell with what you, the American people, have to say. Is this where we're headed? And do you think that Donald Trump has said, well, you know what, I've got bigger fish to fry. Um, I'm just going to move on. Or do you think Donald Trump remains true to his word? Um, again, I will posit this out there for you guys to also reflect on. Don't forget the 2006 Secure Fence Act. Why won't Republicans fund that? It's a fundamental question, and oddly, nobody in the basket of bias press is asking it. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.